So this morning as we look at that passage, I'd like to start by taking us back to some of the childhood experiences that many of us may have had, particularly uh, what it can be like to travel through the night time as a child. Um, it can be a long journey to get uh, to the morning. I was, an Im- I was an imaginative child, as some of you may have been, and I remember very well that during the darkness of nighttime and the bedroom in, my, in, our, in our house, it could actually become a bit of a scary place. I don't know if you had that experience when you were a child. Um, now, for a very long time, there were actually, I don't, you may not believe it, there were actually wolves living under my bed. And um, they would try to get me when I would get up in the middle of the night. So I'd have to jump off my bed and then jump back so that they couldn't grab me as I went past. I was never sure why my parents didn't deal with them, but, you know. Maybe made me resilient or something. <clears throat> and, you know, so, and, and, you know, during the night, strange shapes and the faces of monsters would be seen, you know. It looks like, I know it's my jacket, but somehow it's turned into, you know, into a monster in the middle of the night. And bad dreams, these things were common. So, uh, this is, some of us have had this experience, I think, particularly as children. Uh, one, one night, though, I had a bad dream and I had... I woke up and I turned to the Bible beside me on the, uh, next to my bed and I was looking for something. I said, I hope that God can make me feel better, can make me not afraid anymore. And I turned, with his help, I think, to these words of Psalm 27. Uh, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And so I went back to sleep after that. So I start this as we think about Psalm 27, uh, which is a psalm of David and it's one of those that's been called... Uh, psalms of reorientation. So these are psalms that are written to help God's people find a new sense of hope and purpose and direction on the other side of difficult times. So there are many other types of psalms. Some of the psalms uh, that we read are psalms about disorientation. So they sing about what it's like to lose our sense of God's presence and purpose in difficult times. And those psalms lament our losses, they lament our failures. But the Psalms of reorientation are those when we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Those are the Psalms that we're looking at this term, as you might have noticed, um, the Psalms that encourage us to sing a new song in a new time. And Psalm 27 speaks of questions of how do we orient ourselves, reorient ourselves with God as we go through difficult times with him. So times that might be like the bad dreams, the night time that we had when we were children but perhaps are more real than that. And so this song that David wrote is about the process, I think, of reorienting ourselves away from the darkness uh, outside us, the darkness around us, towards the light of God that is inside us. And so the background story, I think, would be of this psalm that King David, or whoever is taking his voice for this psalm, is looking around and seeing that he is surrounded by enemies. You know, these may be the armies of other nations around him or the political enemies inside his own court who are wanting to stab him in the back. And so these constant threats and attacks are threatening to take away his confidence in God and instill fear and anxiety in him. And so he needs a positive message of reorientation to stay centred on God throughout this time. And so he writes, I think, a song for himself and for other people about that experience. And so that's Psalm 27. So what does he sing about in this psalm when he's doing that? Well, the heart of this psalm, I think, we find is in verses 4 to 5, where he speaks about his desire to retreat into what is his sanctuary, his refuge, his stronghold, which is the temple of the Lord. 
this place of prayer and worship. So he says, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, and to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling, he will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. So this is where he goes in the midst of this difficulty. So why does he do that? What does it mean for him to seek God in this way? So I want us to think a bit more about this idea that he speaks of about uh, refuge and what that tells us. So uh, what is a refuge? It's really a place where we go to seek safety and protection. Inside a refuge is a place we can rest, we can recover from what's been going on. And so we know very well refugees or asylum seekers are people who are looking for a safe place to live. And so there are different kinds of refuges we might seek depending on the kind of refugee that we are. So there are physical refuges, of course, like a walled city or a fortress, something that can protect us against attacks from other military forces, keep us alive physically. Um, but there are also other types of refuges. There might be emotional refuges that we have. So for many of us, our home is essentially a refuge. You know, We're safe there to be ourselves. We don't have to worry about what other people are doing. We can recover from life's battles. We can rest while we're at home. It's a refuge. You know, when we're young, perhaps in the dark of the nighttime, our bed covers are a refuge. It's warm and safe underneath, even though if there's darkness outside. And relationships that we have can, can be a refuge, can't they? So another person that in our life protects us and comforts us and keeps us safe. <clears throat> so King David, as he writes Psalm 27, I think he sees this temple that he goes to as a refuge, the temple of the Lord. And not just a, no, so not just a place to worship, but actually a place where he goes to seek refuge and to be safe. Inside this place, when he's there, his enemies don't bother him. He's alone with God and safe with him. And this is a kind of common idea about what it means to have a place of worship. And we talk about the idea of sanctuaries, which means a holy place. That's what a sanctuary is. But it's been set apart for religious uses. But that, the word, as we know, has come to mean a place you can go and be safe from violence, a sanctuary. In the Old Testament times, you might know, there was a law that if you were being uh, chased by people who wanted to kill you for some crime you'd committed, you could seek sanctuary in the temple and the ta- or the tabernacle and be safe there. You couldn't be killed or people couldn't touch you. And the same idea has often been true for churches during Christian history in various times, so places where you couldn't be arrested or touched by anyone who was seeking your life. And so the idea is that as you approach the presence of God... You enter into a place of stillness, a place of safety, a place of refuge, where you're safe from the attacks of the world. And so when David feels under threat, he retreats naturally to this refuge for him, this place of worship and closeness to God. And so when he's inside this place, he reorients himself and he turns away from looking out and the enemies and the troubles that are around him, reorients himself towards seeking the presence of God in his refuge. So as he says in verses 7 to 8, Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. And so I think this psalm brings us into the deeper experience or the depths of that experience of seeking refuge in God. And what does that mean? And I think we can, when we can see that what it means for David to do this, we can see that the real refuge, of course, that he is seeking is not the physical safety of being in the temple 
what he's really seeking is not just a quiet place where it's still and no one can talk to him. What this psalm opens up for us is the fact that within David, within his heart and within God's people is supposed to be a kind of spiritual refuge or sanctuary where they can go to be with God. And what I might, what we might call the sanctuary of the heart, the sanctuary of the heart. And so what David knows as he goes to seek refuge in God is that really what's important for him is to seek an inner awareness of God's presence in the stillness and the quiet of his worship and prayer to him. That there is a sanctuary and refuge in his heart that is always available to him when he goes to seek it, where God is. Not a physical place necessarily, but a spiritual place that's just as real. And so when he goes there, it's out of that place, this sanctuary of his heart, that the light and the salvation of God comes out. It overcomes his fear. It allows him to go on. So Psalm 27 speaks about that reality and what it means to seek God in his sanctuary. But I think we can move beyond Psalm 27 as Christians in describing it because in our view and understanding, there is perhaps a deeper or clearer meaning about what does it mean to seek a sanctuary in God and what he's done to provide one for us. Because what Jesus teaches us as his disciples is that within the spiritual reality for those who follow him, in our hearts, in our experience, there is actually a complete refuge that Jesus has made available from the darkness of the world and the trials of the world, including the trials of our own sin and our own weakness. And so in Christ, we actually believe there's a complete refuge or sanctuary. So the Apostle Paul speaks about this reality in Colossians chapter 3, in verses 1 to 3, talking to the church there about their own trials. He says, Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts... On things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. You can hear the refuge there. So Paul says, if you die with Christ, so that is, if you identify with him through faith and you believe what he has done for you, then our real life, our true self, is now in this hidden spiritual place, our refuge with God. And because of the resurrection of Jesus, he was raised. It raises us up with him. And there is a sense in which we are now resting in heaven with him, even as we walk about the earth. And that is, in fact, I think Paul would say, that is more real than the earthly appearance that we see. It's more real. Our life is now hidden with Christ in God. And so that means this reality can become a refuge for us in the same way that the temple was a refuge for David. In the depths of our heart is a hidden life with Christ. And so when we enter into the inward space of our heart with God, seeking his face, there is the same confidence and peace we can have that God gave David in his own refuge. And so for us, I think as Christians, this is a reorientation for us. Where are the resources that we have to face the world in the difficult times and the night time? Well, they're actually hidden with Christ in us. There's a wonderful story, it just illustrates this feeling or this idea. Uh, if, you, uh, look, if you look at uh, 2 Kings chapter 6, we read about the story of the prophet Elisha and his experience of refuge in God. So Elisha was a very well-known man of God in ancient Israel, and he often ended up in trouble, though, with the king because he was speaking out against him. And so one day the king sends out a posse to arrest him, 
when Elisha was staying in a small town called Dothan. And so we can read part of the story, what happened when that, when that uh, happened to Elisha. So it says, When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early in the morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked, and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. The story goes on about how they're saved from this army that came to get them and got the better of them. But the point is that Elisha is surrounded by his enemies, but he looks out at them from a place of complete peace because he knows that where he really is, the heavenly reality that surrounds him, the Lord and his angels, he is in his refuge, whatever is happening to him around him. And I think that's the same thing that uh, Paul is saying for Christians. Wherever we are, we are hidden with Christ. And so I think it matters a great deal for us from where we look and where, from where we're standing or where, how we understand that. Because life is often like that journey of a child through the night, isn't it? Um, you know, we're surrounded by lots of things that we don't understand, things that threaten us, real dangers, not just made up ones, uh, enemies, fears, our own confusion about what's going on. And so I think in those situations, Psalm 27 and Colossians 3 and others is saying that we're not advised in the scriptures to look outwards and focus on the things that are around us as though that is the ultimate reality but instead to seek God and to seek our refuge with him in us. Um, and that's why worshipping and, and the silence of prayer are a huge part of our faith and the practice of our faith. Because when we worship, we are turning our face away from what's outside us towards the Lord, seeking a vision and awareness of his presence, which is always there, intentionally with our mind. And when you go into prayer as well, spending time with God in silence, just bringing your heart before him, we're sinking down and resting into that place where the hidden life of Christ is to be found. And that's why we do that. Um, that's a refuge and sanctuary we actually carry around inside us all the time. A portable sanctuary. And so I think that's the reorientation that we're offered through Christ. Uh, a complete change in the orientation of our minds with regards to hope and what that means. So hope for us is no longer just, I want to be delivered from the things that are outside me that are threatening me. But a change in our inner being that says, these troubles are only going to drive me closer to God because I'm going to enter into the sanctuary of my heart. I'm going to seek refuge with God in the midst of this and to know through experience that our lives are hidden with Christ at the right hand of God. And so I think that's, that's the experience that David is speaking out of when he finishes this psalm with his words of confidence. He says, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. So I think this is a very strong application for us today. You know, every day it says there's an opportunity. We need to, where are we oriented? Are we looking out to what's around that's threatening or are we looking to the Lord, to his refuge? And that's particularly what we're trying to do as we worship together this morning, to reorient ourselves towards reality. He has died, he has risen again. 
And so this is what we can do as we worship and as we come to God in prayer throughout the day. That's why it's such a key part of being a Christian. And so every time we do that, this sense of refuge can become stronger. And we learn to say, I confidently say, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The implied answer is no one. So I say, I just want to say, as I finish by saying that to us today, this is a good encouragement. In the middle of these things, wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord because he's already here. So let me pray about that for a second. Lord, as we travel through our lives, we are often besieged by fears and anxieties that are true or some that arise from within us. I pray that as we go through those perhaps today, you would allow us to enter into your hidden life that we have with Christ, that we would know that truthful reality now and live out from there. And please reveal and open our eyes as you did Elisha to the way things really are. I pray that we would know that you are our light and our salvation and we have nothing to be afraid of. So I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.